in Iraq three times and Afghanistan and Kuwait and Uzbekistan and I've been all over the place. And they are the finest, most committed bunch of young people that this country has. I mean, they are just incredible. And yet, if you get out on the streets, you're going to find a lot of kids that care less. Seniors to seniors, whether a senior in college or senior in your mature years, the common denominators of every stage of life is explored as host Robert J. LaCosta interviews seniors about how they got to where they are and how they are continuing to crush it in their mature years. LaCosta is known as the senior editor because he has interviewed seniors for the past three decades and is perhaps the longest running writer in this narrowest of niches. This podcast affords him the opportunity to pass along the same sagely wisdom that he has received from elders and has admired during his 30s, 40s, 50s, and now. LaCosta is a board-certified hearing instrument specialist who has helped over 10,000 seniors overcome hearing impairment. He draws deeply from the intimacy and privilege of those relationships. And now, it's time for The Age Sage. On this episode of The Age Sage, your host, the senior editor Robert J. LaCosta, asks a series of questions to the one and the only, the great Charlie Daniels. Charlie was an incredible advocate for veterans and, of course, an inspiration to so many. So without further ado, here is that conversation right here on The Age Sage. Thanks uh, for coming up to Albany and doing that concert, by the way. Hey, it was fun. That, that, good job at that one. You know, the veterans uh, thing, that's, that's, that's very well needed. Um, number one is, um, uh, why Dylan? I know you played with him, but uh, why Bob Dylan? We had, uh, we were asked to do some music for a cable TV show called Hell on Wheels that takes place back in the 1800s. And we said we were limited to instruments that were around in the 1800s, which meant acoustical stuff. And we, we did the, we did a song form and we did it acoustical and we had never done that. We had never all played acoustical instruments before. We were so taken with the sound of the band who, when it was a unique approach to us, we thought, well, let's do That's great. Hey, listen, a couple quick questions on uh, patriotism. Why do you feel so strongly about uh, veterans uh, and patriotism? I was born in 1936, and I was five years old when Pearl Harbor was bombed. And uh, my formative years were during the days of the Second World War. And we didn't have television then, but we had radio and news reels, and everybody was children my age was interested in what was going on. In the war, because in the war was very real to me. It was up in Wilmington, North Carolina. It is a seaport town, and we had a lot of shipping going out of there, going over to strategic shipping, going over to the war effort. And we had German U boats just off our coast that sank ships so close to our shores that I 
red, air rate, air rate war, air, well, air rate drills and blackouts and rationing and all that. The war was really real, and I really I understood it very early in my life that the only two things that protected America from, which always protected America, was the grace of God and the United States military. And that's the way it was, that's the way it is, that's the way it will always be. You know, coming from a guy who's, uh, I'm 58, so I was born in uh, 56 and grew up in the 60s and had long hair and beard and protested. And here I am, 58 years old. I, I'm a songwriter, too, you know, and a writer. I, I, I find myself writing about military stuff. It's really interesting. It's cathartic in a sense because uh, you're almost like a penitence or something. <laughs> but you didn't have that. You had it from the beginning, you know, and, and um, that's great. Do you think this generation is as strong, like morally, in terms of that kind of thing, uh, patriotism, uh, love for country and God, as, say, previous generations? The current generation, yeah, as previous generations. Not just the greatest generation, but just in general. Yeah. And I don't mean to make broad uh, generalizations, but, uh, you know, getting to music, I want to get to music. I want to get to your age and I want to get to Christianity. So I'll move quickly. Do you think mature theme songs can sell and do you write them? Do you still do you write songs of that nature or uh, you're playing mostly your hits? Uh, Bob Dylan stuff obviously is older. Your songs, though, you're like uh, the old uh, moral to the story, you know, kind of thing. You, you you seem to sing songs that have a moral to the story, not just not that you can't have f just fun or just romance in a song, but uh, you seem to be drawn to write that kind of thing. Yeah. 
like you work out like that because I don't know. That's just that's uh, just how my creative process worked, you know. Especially during some of my early years of my career. Yeah, but still that way to some extent. Now I got a, a, a question for you because I, I do a, also do besides the blog, I also do a column, and it's called Retiring Retirement. I've been, you know, I've been writing about seniors for a year, and now I'm becoming one. Uh, and uh, at, at, at 77, like in Albany the other night, you were, um, it seemed like the younger musicians had to keep up with you and not the other way around. Uh, do you work out? Um, do you, are you just an outdoorsman that, you know, kind of that's how you stay in shape? Or are you just blessed with a lot of energy? I mean, Just in terms of your Christianity, by the way, I like I like the idea, you know, that you're in your 70s and you're still touring, you're still being creative, you're not like sitting on your laurels and playing golf. I, I love that because that's how I always envision my senior years being, you know. And um, uh, regarding Christianity, you know, uh, I try to break into Nashville now and then, and I go down there, and it seems sometimes, not to be judgmental, I'm I'm a Yankee, you know. But not to be judgmental, but sometimes it seems like there's a cultural Christianity in Nashville. And the depth, sometimes I just want, I can't figure it out. My wife and I joke about it, but we can't seem to penetrate how it is that it's. it seems like it's the buckle of the Bible belt. But it also seems like, I don't know, it's almost like it's thrown in there for good measure. You know, is there something, what, what am I missing, Charlie? It's, it seems like it's taken for granted you're Christian, but then sometimes people won't talk about it or, you know, it, it, that's what it seems like to me. I don't know. Um, well, I can only speak for me. And I tell you, I am. I believe in Jesus Christ. This is not a God. I believe in He was crucified and rose for our sins. I believe that He's coming back. I don't think it's going to be a long way off. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's my Christianity. Uh, the church I go to is a national church. It's uh, a lot of good people there. It's called World Outreach in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and you, it's a big church, but it's got the atmosphere of a small church, and if you get back to Nashville, you want to see some good people go, go there. i got a friend in Murfreesboro. Maybe I will. Yeah, no, I'm not being critical. I was just kind of trying to understand the cultural and the Christianity bent, you know? Um, well, I don't think Christianity should be cultural. That's not, I mean, I think it should go much deeper than that. I don't believe in, you know, I don't 
that's not that's not my my opinion, my understanding of it. Yeah. Now you're you're known for helping out younger musicians and stuff like that. You paid some heavy heavy dues from you know reading up on you a little bit. You know American Idol and some of these other places. These guys seem like they're looking for really really pretty or handsome young faces to be on their record labels and all that stuff. Uh, I know some musicians pay their dues, but do you think they paid dues the way you, like you had to with all this session work and local stuff you had to do? Well, they took a different route than I did, basically. I mean, it's, uh, you know, my route was the, the music business has changed. All those things weren't available at the time that I came along. All the American idols, and not that I would have been any good on them anyway, but I mean, they, they were, the way you get noticed was get out and get your get your long beer joints and you know just writing songs and presenting them to people and you know just taking advantage of every every possibility of, of opportunities that you can find and that's what I did. Uh, I mean, it's not uh, it, it was not an easy way, but at the time it was about the only way. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't overnight. That's for sure. They say it takes ten years to be an overnight success. And I hear what you're saying. You just got to present them, present them, present them, and see where they go. Well, I'm, uh, you know, not to flatter you or anything, but I, I'm I'm kind of, I, I sure am glad for what it's worth. From one writer to another, I sure am glad you're sticking with your guns, with your faith. You know, when you're inspired to write a song, you just write it. You're not so worried about the commercial aspect of it and you know i believe god's going to bless you uh and uh you know i hope you and i can he certainly has he certainly has i say uh, you know i hope to come see i hope to meet you sometime i'll get down there well, so i appreciate the time i really do nice meeting you nice meeting you thank you very much godspeed bye-bye